How do you get your salon to consistently hit $50,000 months and then even more? Well, check out today's show because that's what we're talking about. Let's do it. Salon owners are some of the most amazing people on planet Earth. The only problem is sometimes their hearts are so big and they give so much of themselves to their staff and guests that it creates unintended consequences. Our goal is to change the industry by elevating the way the rest of the world sees salons, spas, and barbershops and give it the credibility that it truly deserves. This is the Salon Owner Evo Revo Show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Salon Scale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. I don't know what it is. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's show. Uh, this is an exciting topic because getting to $50,000 a month uh, is an important milestone in a salon's evolution. In fact, I think, Doug, that so often, uh, salons kind of go through a milestone of like their first 25K is a big deal, their next 50K, then 100K months. And then doing a, over $100,000 or more multi-million dollars a year is a really important milestone for salons. But I think so many people get stuck, Doug, in their first two or three people that are on their salon, uh, they're on the floor with them, and then they kind of get stuck when it's like me and a few people, we make something work. But get the 50K, that's a real... Like it's a really operating successful business at that point, don't you think? Right. I think you get up the the critical momentum that you need to do the become a million dollar salon or or multi million dollar salon. I think beginning mm -hmm. people like they they have that out there as an idea, and then they they kind of get stuck in that twenty five to fifty thousand, and they're like, I don't know how well, to break exactly. through this thing. And so then it's like, well, I guess I'm just going to ride this thing out because I guess I'm not meant to be a million dollar salon. Um, right, and they get stuck. They get right. stalled out. And, and I think this is, they can start to justify to themselves too that maybe they don't they don't really want to be that many. Yeah, it's too much work to be a person because people are a lot of hassle right, and right. hiring well, I think people's hard. One of the things is because you do, as the owner, have to work really hard up until you're hitting fifty thousand dollars. Yes. Whenever yes. you hit fifty thousand dollars, from fifty thousand to then doing a million a year you don't you shouldn't have to work as hard you should right behind it should the start, chair it should as start a, back it backing off a little bit right you should start moving up running a business instead of being in the business you're working on the business at that point right yeah so let's talk about this by the way if you want to get to your first 50k or your next 50k do me a favor and type 50k in the chat and thanks for joining us if you're on with us live do me a favor and comment on the video and say where you are on the line from we love to know where people are listening and watching from all over the country. It's always a good thing, uh, not only just here in the US, but Canada and internationally. So welcome for the, all of you guys that are hanging out with us. So um, so let's talk about this, Doug. I think for a lot of commission salons, there's a couple ways that they get started, right? Is that sometimes what'll happen is a couple people get together and they decide to run their own salon. Sometimes that happens in a rental environment, right? Where they go, hey, there's a couple of us, let's go start our own salon together. And they start it that way. Sometimes people go, hey, the three of us don't agree with how the owner's doing things, so they leave and go start a salon. I mean, that, that, that happens too, right? And then sometimes right. it's just people go, look, I, I, they had an opportunity to get a space and they started out and then they try and find all their staff from scratch. And I think, no matter what way, and maybe you found a different way too that you got into being a commission salon owner, but that's what I've experienced in hundreds and thousands of salons that we've worked with. And I think that a lot of people, Doug, they're usually high performers and they're doing really, really well. 
and they go, if I left, I can teach people how to be good like me. I think that happens a lot, right? He's like, I'm a high performer. I will show everyone how hard to work, right? Watch me work this hard. And they find a couple other hardworking people that do really, really well. And that's their first like 20 grand a month. That's their first 15, 20, $25,000 a month is two or three people, maybe an assistant or two, banging out 30 plus thousand dollar months. Would you, would you say you see things any differently than that? No, I, I agree. I think that definitely is what it comes. It's, it's 99.9% .9 of the time, it's a hairdresser for, for whatever their reasoning is. I decided I'm successful. I've got a big book and I've, I've always wanted my own salon so I can do right. this. Uh, but I think it's, it's that the, being able to shift that mentality from that it's on my shoulders to lift this thing it's like it's on right. my shoulders with the thing for a little while, but my plan needs to get beyond me doing all the lifting. Uh, and that's where yeah. people get stuck because it's that, that, that uh, rotating door, you know, seem to get staff to stick to get us past that point. I can't, you know, right. one of the reasons because where you're, you are, you're so busy and you're trying to run a thing. You're just speaking to people when you had time to speak to people. And sometimes right. that doesn't come out in the best tone or you don't understand what's going on or they don't understand the context right. that you're in. And it just causes a lot of chaos, to be honest. And it does. It makes it difficult to get past that 50,000 mark. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So what are the things that you need to get in place that will help you start to move and break some of those barriers so that you right. can move right. on to that other side? So let's talk about it. Let's say you're in the $20,000, $25,000 range and you got you want to break through that threshold. You want to get yourself to that 50K. There's some things that we do. And by the way, inside our High Performance Salon Academy, we actually have a tool uh, called a roadmap that actually shows you exactly where to go, what to do, what to do to get to uh, your 25K, then how to get to your first 50K, then how do you get from 50K to 100K, uh, 75K, like all those different thresholds. And yes, I realize I went backwards. 75, then 100, then beyond. Uh, but the idea is there's things that you need to do uh, in order to get you there. And here's what I think happens. In the very beginning, Doug, it's all focused on the guest and the customer service experience and like mm -hmm. how, you know, can you pre-book and rebook and sell retail and like make your guests fall in love with you. And I'll be really clear about something. That always remains at every level. Like you have to do those things and you have to be very good at them. But then there's things that start to change that you need to be aware of. Like for example, you need to get very good at not just selling yourself, but selling your staff. Is that what happens is you go from a level, and we were just talking about this the other day, Doug, on our on our on one of our mastermind calls, is like it, it's it's no longer about how much can you market and can you sell yourself. It's more of now you're shifting into a leader. Right now you're selling your team on themselves and the people around you. And I, I go back to this conversation I had with a guy years ago where he had a 10 chair salon and, and I said, how many people work there? And he goes, well, just me. My wife comes in occasionally. Right. And I was like, well, wait a second. What happens? He goes, well, every time I hire somebody, they come in and they work with me for four weeks and they leave and go open their own salon. I go, well, yeah, you've shown them a training system for running your own salon. You, you've actually got to train them on how to actually work a big salon. And what can happen, especially when you come from the scenario of being a renter, is you just you show people how to basically be a renter. You book appointments on your phone. You, you know, you, you handle everything on your cell phone like you don't have a receptionist. So you just show them how to be a really high producing solo person. And so then they don't really have a sense of community and loyalty and they're not really building a business. So there's a couple things that I think are really helpful. I want to talk about some of these. Let's talk about attracting for a second, Doug. Is that when you start to bring people to your salon and you're getting to your first 50 grand, 
I think this is where you need to capitalize on what you're probably already doing, which is your organic social media, but you need to make a shift in your social media to go from promoting yourself to promoting the salon. And that's where all the guns need to be focused. Do you want to mention some things on that? Yeah, I think it, it, the idea is that now that it, it, and it's hard for people to so say, like, but I'm the one that can handle them. I'm the one that can, as I got to get off of the focus of you and how am I building yeah. others? Because that starts to add, that makes you more attractive to someone coming in. Because one of the yeah. things is like, yeah, we're going to be driving business towards you. That's what, that's an advantage of working a commission-based salon is someone else right. is driving business towards you and going to help you, you know, to how can you help your staff with their social media game? You know, where it all points to the salon, we're all building the brand. I think getting clear on your organic branding uh, is super and important. By the way, this is super hard when you call it Doug and Jason's salon, but I'm going to try and promote that you don't go to Doug and Jason. You're going to go to Samantha and you're like, well, wait a second. Why am I going to Samantha? Because I thought this was Doug and Jason's salon. And what happens so often, Doug, I see it all the time, is that somebody just calls the salon their name. And you know where I sit on this thing is like, it's really hard to brand and create a larger salon. Not impossible. There's plenty of people that do it despite all the kicking and screaming that I give a grief about this is that people, you know, you want to call it something besides your name if you can. And I, I seriously would consider depending on what size you are, don't get me wrong. There's multi-million dollar salons that still have the name of the owner in it. But I'm just saying, if you have the opportunity to, in your first $50,000, change the name now because it will make such a difference in you promoting a team environment and a team participation. And it will help them not just feel like, well, I'm competing with the owner and nobody can compete with the owner. Right. And it's, it's a much bigger branding lift when it's got your name on it in order because mm -hmm. it, it, to, to get people to shift and thinking of your name as a brand and not as a view is very difficult. I mean, there That's are, right. there are big ones that have done it and it's like that person doesn't even work there anymore. Uh, but right. it, it was a heavy lift to get it. Branded, yeah. A big, it's much it's like unnecessary brand, work. Right. You know what brand I mean? The it, idea it just, of a good, you know, come with a good, and don't get too cute with your name either. That's driving me a little nuts, but, um, but you know, get you a brand to get you something that, that for you and then just own that. And then that becomes, everybody comes a part of it. Cause they actually start to help you recruit, uh, and, you know, and talk like, like recruiting. I think this recruiting. is part where you've got to be clear about how you're going to interview. And I think one of the biggest things is you, you need to understand who your avatar is. Um, the avatar, yeah. who's the yeah. ideal employee, who's the sit down and write yeah. down who, who do I want to see walk through that door and fill out an application? Who's that person? Because the blank slate of a perfect person basically is like, right. you know, we're going to call her, you know, rock star Sarah or whatever it is. Right. And it's a fake person you make up. That would be your avatar for your ideal person. who's yeah, exactly like What qualities do they have? What qualities do we don't want them to have? And because what happens at this level a lot of times is, is, is warm bodies. I, I just yeah. need to hire some more bodies, but that's part of the reason why it's a, a rotating, you know, revolving door too, is because it is warm bodies that had graduated cosmetology school, maybe had been in the industry for years, brought all their bad habits with them. Uh, right. So you've got to get clear about who it is you're wanting to hire and how you're finding out if they're that right person. That's your, your process for hiring. It's much better than, Hey, yeah, we know you can talk. You seem to be able to stand up. You're breathing. Come on, let's go to work. <laughs> you you might be able to take on some of these clients that I can't get to. So here, let me throw right. them to you. It's very different. It's it's a totally different mentality, right? 
Um, by the way, we actually created a checklist and a cheat sheet for this. If you guys want this, all you have to do is comment below uh, and say hiring cheat sheet. We have a, a checklist that actually has interview questions for what you should do in your first and your second interview when hiring somebody in. It gives you a great series of questions and you can, you can elaborate and obviously ask your own, but it puts you in a different spot than just like a gut feeling of like, oh, cool, you know how to cut hair and you're available these days and you need a job because you hated your last boss because they were mean. Well, I'm not mean, so come work for me. It's gonna be fun. We'll really like each other. Like it really does put you in a different position of like, well, why why didn't you? Uh, or why are you looking for work? And what what happened with that? What do you like? What don't you like? And it takes you through all these questions that'll help you hire. So if you want that hiring checklist, do me a favor uh, and say hiring checklist and we'll send that to you after uh, the show. Somebody from my team will get that over to you. But guys, we gotta take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit more, not just about the hiring and attracting, but what do you need to do to change your income inside the salon? Because a lot of times this is a huge transition in income for salons. And we're gonna talk more about it all after the short commercial break. We'll be right back. Hey, HPSA listeners. Let me ask you this. Are you tired of not knowing what your hair color is costing you on every appointment and watching it chew up your profit? Well, with Salon Scale, we take the guesswork out for you. Using a mobile app paired with a Bluetooth scale, Salon Scale will tell you exactly what your color is costing you on every bowl mix down to the ground. As you mix, Salon Scale will also digitally store your formulas and track how much product is being used in real time. So you can manage your inventory, cover your expenses, and generate more profit in your salon. Use promo code HPSA10 to get 10% off an annual subscription. Salon Scale, the new standard for mixing color. Welcome back. Uh, Doug and I here at the High Performance Salon Academy okay. are talking okay. about how do you make sure you that make your sure. Uh, your salon business, as you grow to your first 50 grand, um, that you have some things in place because you probably have some bad habits that were good habits to get you to your first 20 grand, maybe even your first 30 grand, but they're going to become bad habits to get you across the line up to your 50. And Doug, this one comes up all the time. All the time, all the time, all the time. I would probably say out of all the salons doing less than 50 grand a month, this is the subject. How do I pay myself? Yep. And, and this is what's interesting, right? In the very beginning, people, when they say, how do I pay myself? They just go, whatever I can do, right? It's like, they're like, well, I'll, you know, I got to pay rent. I got to pay this. I got to pay this. So I'll just, I'll just take, I'll take more of my commission because they're used to paying, get, getting paid commission as a commission stylist and they go, well, I was making 50 or 50% uh, of my last salon or 55% or 60%. So I'll just pay myself 70% commission because I'm now the owner. So I'll give myself more commission, like a gift to myself. So they just pay themselves more, but that kind of bites them in the butt when they start to get bigger. Can you talk about that? Cause their job's going to change and their income's going to get screwed up. Yeah. It, you know, there's all kinds of random things. Like, you know, I just, I, I'm going to pay myself a flat salary and. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Includes my behind the chair, includes my, this, I suppose flat salary plus my tips. Uh, both those things, if you want to become a bigger salon, they will definitely bite you in the rear they end. Work uh, at scale. They don't work. Right. right. Cause the thing is, if you got to look at your, what are you doing inside the business? So if you're doing a function, if you're if you're functioning as a stylist for part of your time at the business, then you need to pay yourself just like any other stylist on the level yeah. system or whatever you have set up. If, if you were a non-owner, what would you be paid for that work? Pay yourself mm -hmm. for that work. And then you need to pay yourself for the management part that you're doing. And, you know, and whether you're at the point you're taking profit yet or not taking profit, uh, 
profit is because maybe it's like oh no i'm making 20 percent profit okay well what do you pay yourself behind the chair i don't well what do, what do you <laughs> make a demand salary i don't and so I, they I just look at everything that they're pulling out of their business is profit yeah. and that's not so if, you got to pay yourself so if you're doing management work you need to pay yourself what would what would i have to pay someone in my community to do similar work that i'm doing so because right. the reason is so how much you, per month or per year hourly right. so when we were talking as you as you grow, then you start to replace yourself in the doing of your business and start becoming the architect of your business. That's the evolution that happens between 50 and hundred K a month. Um, if they're going to keep momentum going, uh, so that you've got to be clear about that so that you get that's carved out. It's legitimate. You know, those style, those, uh, clients coming in, uh, were inside of a structure because if you look at that revenue, it's skewed too. If you're taking 70% or 90%, I know some, people have done uh that you know still wanting to hold on to maybe wanting to be a booth renter and salon owner i don't know uh right. but, but you know it's that's taking you look at your overall revenue and you're like why is it not working out well because of the way that you've got it set up you're you're right. you're messing up the numbers and you can't do that especially if you want people to ever buy into your business and the sooner you clean it up the sooner you do things the way you're supposed mm -hmm. to do it and it's just one of those weird things when you start to do things right, I was talking about this somebody the other day about getting in exchange. You start doing things right. And I think being in exchange too is inside your business. Are you compensating the way you're supposed to? Or is it not in exchange? There's something weird going on there. Right. Is it so off you, a little bit? Yeah. It's right. not feel right. Yeah. It was one of the things from Blair Singer uh, is when it introduced Jason and I both to the being in exchange thing. But when you yeah. get in exchange, it's just for whatever reason, other things start to work out. Mm -hmm. uh, it's whenever you're not in exchange that you get frustrated and there's angst and there's other things you're you're behind on bills or right. whatever it is whether it's time relationship or money you know getting in exchange i think it's something that's very helpful for for moving you forward in this too so you gotta get clear about what am i doing and how am i paying myself that's fair to the business mm -hmm. and fair to the mm -hmm. other people and to the future shareholders it needs to be fair now so right. i don't have to try to fix it later and people, people think that because they just left it a certain way and it happened to work for them, they should just leave it that way. But then as you grow, you start to have this problem that like nags at you. And this happens all the time, Doug. I had a partner that I was talking with the other day, uh, a partner in the salon. And it was like one, one per the way they had it set up. And I hope they watch this. Hopefully you guys have heard this and got, got it. But it's like one person was just taking 100% of their behind the chair income to make sure they got compensated for being the business owner. And then the other owner wasn't taking any income and they were just putting in sweat equity. I'm like, well, that's a problem because neither one of you is being rewarded for doing the work that's actually required to grow the salon. Mm -hmm. So we talk about, yeah. yeah, it's out of exchange. So, so we say, okay, here's what you should do. 90% of your income should come from behind the chair and 10% of your income, and I'll, we'll, I'll make sure we define that because I know it's a critical one. 90% of your income should come from behind the chair, not pay yourself 90% commission, but 90% of your income should come from behind the chair and 10% should come from actually running the business. It's a good place to start if you're not doing it that way. So again, pay yourself normal commission. If your top commission's 50% or 60%, pay yourself how you would pay somebody else on your staff. Treat yourself like an employee for the employee work. Then start to pay yourself as a owner or as a manager from the rest of the income that needs to exist inside the business. And if you're like, well, I want to, I want to, I'll just take a uh, 70%. It's the same thing. It's not because what happens, and this is what this owner was doing. They were getting hundred percent of their income behind the chair 
And so what happened is they needed to reduce their hours behind the chair to spend more time on the business. But all that what was happening is they were taking 100% of their income behind the chair. So they were in this exchange balance. They're like, well, I want to work less hours behind the chair, but then I'm not going to make enough money. So therefore I'm going to stay working behind the chair and they couldn't solve this problem. And so that's why it's so critical to pay yourself as an employee for the employee job. When you're a manager, that's an employee. Pay yourself for the employee job. Yep. When you're the CEO, that's an employee. That's a CEO job. And people get confused because they go, well, I don't have enough money for a CEO. I don't have enough money for a manager. Well, you have some money. It could be 500 bucks a month. Could be 200 bucks a month. Could be $1,000 a month. But pay yourself for behind the chair and pay yourself for that other money. And what'll start to happen is it'll put you to your point, Doug, put it back in exchange, back in balance. And all of a sudden things will start to change around you drastically yeah because you can't you can't budget when you've got those yeah. weird things in there about where the money's going it, it it becomes a very nebulous you know hard thing to manage right. for anybody mm -hmm. i don't care if you've got a financial degree whenever you're screwing with the money that way it's hard to track now what is my cost you know so right. that 100 was killing my back bar costs because we were the company wasn't getting compensated so now other that money was have to come out other places come out of other yeah. things totally. right so just you know, the, the quicker you can clean those things up, I think the the, the more likely you are to get to 50,000 and blow right through it on your way to 100,000. Yeah, so guys, I'm realizing, you know, Doug and I literally have uh, 12 other things <laughs> we could talk to you about, about how do you get to your first $50,000. So if you want more information, do me a favor, shoot it and say, uh, say Jason, I wanna get to 50K. Just shoot me a message and say, Jason, I wanna have 50K months. Um, I'd love to help you get there. We'd love to see if we can have a, a brainstorming session with you uh, and find out if there's a way we can get you to your first 50K. If you're already doing uh, 20, 25K and you're ready to get to 50K, do me a favor and say, I'm ready for 50K uh, or some version of that and I'll make sure that you get it. But I just wanna say, Taking care of your pay is massive. Getting a written hiring process in place. Start to celebrate the team instead of you as the owner. There's one other thing I wanna just throw out for you that I think makes a huge difference is start to build something we call a code of honor inside the salon. I don't wanna get into it too deep, but you need a set of rules that your whole team starts to live by. Because if it's just about you as the owner and what you think every single day, um, it's gonna be a problem because it's just, it's your show and this is the problem. It's been your show up till this point but now it needs to be about the team show. You need to have a bigger vision, a bigger purpose, and some values to help guide you and get you on the right path. And then what'll start to happen, you make these shifts, you get to 50K, and right behind 50K is 60, 70, and 80K, and you'll hit that million dollar mark. It's really not as hard to get moving once you've, once you've cracked that 50K barrier. And by the way, on the, the code of honor, the support is, it's, that's something that you create with your team that's not something that you're, you're not Moses coming off the mountain and throwing it down. Boom. <laughs> Here's my code of honor. You do it with your team. Uh, so yeah. you're, you're creating it together. And that, that, that is such a huge cultural shift and the cohesive thing that happens. Yep. Yep, uh, yep. And if you do it well, that is a thing that definitely will launch you well beyond $50,000. Completely. So guys, I know this was a quick snapshot. We just have had so many people asking us about how do they get their first 50K. We want to give you at least a little bit of support. So I hope there were some helpful things. If something today was helpful, say 
super helpful. Or if you're from California like me, you can say hella helpful. Uh, that's a good one too. Do me a favor, type that in uh, anywhere that you're watching, whether you're online, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, I don't care if a carrier pigeon brought this on a CD to your house and dropped it off, but however you got it, uh, I hope it was valuable for you today and we can continue to help you. Please do me a favor and check out the podcast at evorevopodcast.com. Give us a like, give us a rating and tell all your salon and your friends. It's going to be a good week. Doug, thanks for being on. Let's get you yep. to 50K. See you guys soon. Later, guys. Thanks for listening to the Evo Revo podcast. Today's podcast was brought to you by Salon Scale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and you can always get more information, including show notes and the video episodes at evorevopodcast.com.